We have our Super Bowl participants. We also have, by popular acclaim, the AFC North Division champion for the next decade and a half. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer up daily shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. Super Bowl 56 will match the Los Angeles Rams against dun, 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 the Cincinnati Bengals of all teams. The franchise that hadn't won a blessed playoff game since 1988 beat the Chiefs 27-24 in overtime in the NFC game. The final was 20-17, Rams over 49ers. The Bengals have made it to our nation's premier sporting event, and they have done it in a way that is the envy of almost every NFL franchise. But right now, I dare say, especially this one, because they did it with the classic storybook franchise quarterback, which we are convinced in Pittsburgh is the only way anybody can conceivably win anything, never mind calming and soothing the fears of the fan base at large. I swear to you, although it might sound like it, I'm actually not making fun of that. I've lived it myself. Steelers had a franchise quarterback in the 70s. By the early 80s, Terry Bradshaw is gone. And then, wah, wah, for the next 20 years. There were some occasional bobs of the head above water. Along the way, Neil O'Donnell made it to a Super Bowl. So did Larry Brown, most unfortunately for O'Donnell. There were some great running backs, some great defensive players, some great overall defenses in the interim. But everything kept getting dragged down by whoever the quarterback was. And on those few occasions when there actually was a decent quarterback in the house, it didn't matter because we perceived the entire process as being dragged down by the quarterback. And that's that's where we're going to go again. I'll reiterate my own belief that the Steelers are going to go with either Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins at quarterback. They're going to bring in someone else from the outside as some form of reinforcement. But it's not going to be a serious threat to take the starting job. And as a result, the despondence will kick in. If there's one thing we as Pittsburghers are really good at, it's generational despondence. We don't just leave despondence in the past. We will find different ways to resurrect it. We will do that in this case. And the entire way through, we will continue to point to Cincinnati for both our hopes and our fears, meaning our hopes for what Art Rooney eventually decides to pursue and our fears 
that that other team is going to completely own us because they have our dream quarterback and we don't have that guy anymore. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose when and how you'd prefer to do that studying, whether it's at Point Park's gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online, maybe a flexible hybrid format would work best for you. Find out more about all of this at pointpark.edu. Well, there's nothing I can do. There's nothing anybody can do outside the organization about the dream quarterback. But one thing I feel pretty comfortable attempting on my own is the downplaying of this whole Cincinnati thing. Understanding in advance here that my timing is terrible. I just watched them get handed the Lamar Hunt trophy, and so did you. I just watched Mike Brown, who had been considered by a lot of people to be the worst owner in all of professional sports, yes, before Bob Nutting of the Pirates, take that trophy. And it was mind-blowing to me. This has been the most inept franchise I've covered on any front, in any sport, to any degree. And when I say that, I'm talking about across the board, even the way they conduct themselves at their stadium, their facilities, the whole deal. It's just the Bengals, man. They're so backward. A team that until recently didn't even see fit to invest in a respectable practice facility just has some handful of grass fields outside Paul Brown Stadium. Backward, backward beyond belief. And I am here to try to both convince and console you in realizing that it's still, for the most part, the same people running that organization. It's still Mike Brown. He's Obviously up there, he's obviously slowing down. If you heard his speech that he gave. And they're still going to screw this up royally. I'm not referring to the Super Bowl itself. It's one game. Anything can happen. We've seen the talent that's at hand. We've seen the spirit of that team through three playoff victories. We saw them make... An 18-point comeback yesterday. Anything can happen. We've also seen that there really isn't a truly great team in the NFL at all this year. I don't think for one second that the Rams are one. So they can be beaten. Matthew Stafford can be beaten. The Rams' defense can be beaten. None of this is impossible. What I'm talking about when I say that the Bengals are going to eventually, probably sooner rather than later, bungle all of this, is that they'll never, ever have the wherewithal, and I don't even believe, the desire or the investment to try to keep this together. Yeah, they'll sign Burrow. They'll sign Burrow. You go ahead and find 
whatever the going rate is for the league's preeminent superstar young quarterback, you put pen to paper, and he's going to be there for the next, who knows, 12, 15 years, whatever it is. But does that mean that you're going to see the Bengals and the Brown family step up for T. Higgins? Because he'll be next. How about Jamar Chase down the road? How about even keeping your veteran running back in the fold? I know running backs don't last forever, but Joe Mixon's a big part of what they do. How about really stepping up for that offensive line? They made some reinforcements to it a year too late for Burrow's knee getting blown out, but they eventually got around to it. They need a lot more. The defensive side of the ball is where they spent their money, and they spent it well. I think anybody would have to agree with that, not just because of Mike Hilton. They added some pretty good players over there. They have impact guys. Not a ton. It's not a dominant group, but it's a good group. Hendrickson might be one of the better players in the NFL that no one talks about. But you're not going to be able to persuade me in any way that the Bengals are going to manage this properly moving forward compared to what you'll get out of Pittsburgh and Baltimore. And remember that the Bengals still have to go through Pittsburgh and Baltimore, not really the other way around, to get out of the AFC North, much less succeeding beyond that. But hey, good luck in a couple weeks, fellas. You know... Better make the most of it. When we come back, just one question. Welcome back. It's time for Just One Question, and that's brought to you always on this program by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents who need help with workers' comp or medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG pride themselves in doing what they say they're going to do. It's important to them that when they make you a promise, they keep that promise. And this law firm has been keeping promises in our region for over 80 years. LGKG has offices in Cranberry, Newcastle, Beaver Falls, Butler, and Elwood City. Learn more about them at lgkg.com. And today's J1Q comes from Andrew, who asks, Kevin Colbert's been a great GM, but does it really make sense to make the massive franchise-altering decisions this offseason, not least of which is at quarterback, and then to retire and leave another GM to deal with the consequences of that decision? Andrew, I'm hearing from a lot of people bringing this up, and I'm getting the distinct impression that most of the people bringing it up aren't aware of how the draft process works with an NFL GM. It is a cumulative year-over-year deal. The process renews pretty much the day after they're done with the third day of picking. That's just how it goes. If you didn't have Colbert on hand for this draft, to put it a different way, he'd be such a lousy human. 
<laughs> he's not, okay? But I'm just throwing that in there hypothetically. If he were to say, you know what, Art? I'm done, man. All this work that our scouts and I did here, I don't really care about it. I am not invested in it. I don't need to see it through. You go ahead and find somebody and see if they can finish up what I started. Oh, and they've only got like, you know, a handful of weeks to pull that off. Everyone in football would know the egregiousness of what he'd just done. It would be awful. Would be something you'd do if you hated the Steelers as opposed to the opposite. Just because you and I and other people on the outside start talking about, thinking about the draft this time of year, that is so very much not how these folks handle things. It's a 362-day-a-year event, and the only other three days when they actually make the picks. This is shaping up. Let's say that Brandon Hunt, who's been overseeing the scouting staff for a while and is the individual who's undoubtedly the most steeped in the organization in this particular class because, you know, Colbert as GM has other concerns and other priorities at different points in the year. Hunt now gets to spend this draft alongside Colbert, under Colbert, paying maybe a little extra closer attention to the details of how it's done. Because you know how that goes. When you know you're about to do something, you really, really zero in on it. Colbert gets to fulfill his really lifelong pledge to the Rooney family to do his best for the Steelers to field a winning team. He leaves on what I'm sure he hopes will be a high note in that regard with a winning draft class. You know, Andrew, I'm just going to go back to this again. You'd have to be worried about who he is to be worried about how this is playing out. You'd have to be worried about his own uh, ethics or his own passion for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I can tell you unequivocally, there is no one who knows the man who would doubt that for a split second. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We will do another one tomorrow. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.